Oh, it sure is cold in this Antarctic research station. And here we are in our tents. All the rest of our team are out there far away at, at the furthest point of where the researchers are going, you know, right at the outpost, taking their samples. And we're just here looking after the supplies. Yet still I'm freezing. Clutterbuck, your legs are turning blue. I don't know why you're still wearing your under-12s uh, AFL football outfit. It has my favorite stars. I'm sorry, I don't know any of the names, but sometimes like this, you, you just wonder why Why are we here again? Why, why are we in the, the outback of Antarctica? Yeah, the outback of Antarctica. <laughs> Obviously, well... It, Beware the, the polar koalas. He's getting, the, he's getting the, um, the Arctic madness, they call it, you know, when you're stuck here with the same faces in a small mm. place for a long time, you start I to go nuts! I wouldn't call it madness. No! No, I'm, I'm I'm pushing it back down inside myself. No, you remember because Clutterbuck, because we're here in a research mi- mission, drilling for fossils beneath the glacial ice, yeah. and here we are looking after the supplies. Yeah. Well, you know, the chief geologist and paleontologist are out there at the forward base. Yeah, and there's another. We should co- radio them in a bit. Actually, there's, there's another question I have. How do you keep such a ma- magnificent figure, Jim, in, in this horrible, harsh weather? They say blubber is good, Jim. You shouldn't mm. be so cut. Mm. I don't know. I can't help it. All I'm eating is ice cream. We have some minky whale. Stop eating. You don't need ice cream here. But it stays it's frozen. Everywhere. It's everywhere out I here. I guess you can't just walk out the door and put some ice magic down on a piece of something. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about it. Snow cones. I could totally make snow cones. I found some fantastic lemon ones outside yesterday next to the husky tent. Lemon? Were they? Did you taste them or were they just yellow? They were great. Mm. Uh... <laughs> Uh, disembodied Thank alien you. intelligence, you can't even feel cold, so it must be fine for you here. That's right. I am quietly laughing at your genetic weakness, your frailty in feeling the temperature. It amuses me. Har, 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 har. I do I- notice you're, you're farting more than usual. I am not a fart cloud! Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm wondering if I should... Uh, maybe we should radio uh, uh, Sweetford Huggins and Lacey Bumthorpe, uh, our, our, our leaders. Um... Out there, at the research station, uh, as well as their handsome cabin boy, and uh, see, see what they're doing. Maybe I just, all right, I'll just get on the radio. Here we go. Hello, hello, Lacey Bumthorpe, Sweetford Hogan. Hello, hello. Yes, yes, we are here at hello. the forward forward station. This hello. is Sweetford. Uh, over here is Huggins. Huggins, say hello to them. I'm afraid Huggins has lost his voice. He, it's a brutal, uh, a, a cold snap hypothermia of the hypothalamus he has. Now, a lazy bomb, Thorpe, can you just tell him that you're okay? Oh, yes, hello, I'm fine. Yes, a handsome cabin boy. I'm doing a magnificent. But uh, we've, had, we've had an extraordinary discovery. It's not a surprise. But the only reason that uh, uh, Huggins did get hypothermia uh, in the hypothalamus and the larynx was because his jaw has been hanging open, literally. We have drilled into the most fascinating layer of geological uh, stone here under the ice that I've ever seen. Fossils from many different eras, the wrong eras. Above us tower magnificent mountains higher than the Himalayas. I've never seen anything like them and oh, they have thank you dear I have been oh you mean them sorry them up there not you Lacey Bumthorpe although 
You are you do have magnificent structures on your upward portions as well, which is much like these towering mountains. A strange wind blows from them that's almost musical, a musical piping. But up 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 at their very peaks you can see what look like almost uh fortress constructions. I believe it's but it's just the natural uh slate from this ancient continent. Yes, but they tower above us. We've hit these fossil layers and uh, extraordinary, extraordinary, all sorts of fossils. Some of them appear to have been uh, injured in very unusual ways, very cleanly. We're seeing Jurassic and Mesozoic and some eras I'm just making up, like Plutomukutoic and Phonomachoic, all mixed together. A cornucopia of toics, cornucopia toic, that's another one I'm just making up now, and they're all mixed together. You forgot the most important one, Burrito and Tobic. That's when the Mexicans came out. But the dogs, they just won't go near it. They won't go near the place. It's terrible. I took man to take one near it, but he he got very upset. And but when I was taking him back, I did find some fantastic uh, lemon-flavored snow cones. Mm-hmm. But um, oh. there it's the, just this, in this desolate wasteland we found that, and then even more unusual. Do you want to tell them, Huggins? Still hypothermia of the hypothalamus. <laughs> cuddle him, handsome cabin boy. Cuddle him for warmth. Obviously. No, you must be naked. Don't you know the Arctic Code? Don't you know the Arctic Code? You must warm him with your own body, boy. I swear you made that code up. Don't you have any manly bravery? Where is your sense of manly daring do? Daring do it, cabin boy. For queen and country? Yes, for queen and country. Now, uh, yes. But the most unusual thing we discovered was something very ancient. We think... Perhaps 500,000 to a million years old, yet not even fossilized. We don't even know what these shapes are. Mm-hmm. Strange, long torsos made of some almost impenetrable material. Oh, I with strange tentacular legs mm-hmm. and strange wing-like structures mm-hmm. and strange tentacular arms Come and starfish-shaped heads. You're exciting everyone. Just calm down. Yes. All these tentaculars. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, well, I... And then... That's not a tentacular. Take that away from me. He's trying to trick me again, aren't you, Lacey Bumthorpe? He's always trying... It's not... That's not a tentacle. I'm sorry. I thought I was a girl. I was about to do my autopsy on one. You see, we did actually drag eight of these specimens back here. These bizarre specimens. They're taller than any one of us with their strange starship-shaped heads. Yet they're not fossilized. So old. Their skin is... Almost impenetrable, some thick substance. Down in these tunnels, we discovered, in these layers, under these mountains, and yet they are not yet fossilized. So we are in our tent about to do an autopsy. The dogs are going crazy outside. You could probably hear them. Oh, you can't? Oh, well. Woof, woof, woof. It's you, handsome cabin boy. Oh, yes. It's not time to do the dog now. He's you do the dog after dinner. He's very good at impressions. Woof, woof, woof. No, you d- and you do the spoon at breakfast. Spoon. Mm. spoon now, uh... Yes, but that's our report. Don't don't radio the mainland yet because it's this will change all of science and geology and with some of the fossils we've found and fossil footprints almost from these tentacular feet that we're seeing here. We can see footprints in the fossil layers seem to be older than life itself on the planet. Oh my. 
Are you suggesting they come from a different planet? <gasps> we don't know yet. We can't say yet. Well, we dare not think or we'll go insane. But we will continue to discover right after dinner and the dog and some sleep and the spoon. And then we'll continue our autopsy. Mm. Please, no, uh, no, anything to say, Huggins? Oh, there was a noise there. No, you've got to hug him harder because his hypothalamus is still hypothermialized. Now, all right, uh, this is us. Uh, this is Sweetfoot Huggins, Lacey Bumthorpe, and the handsome cabin boy out. Reach the Sounds like they're having a difficult time. I, I like it. A bit exciting. I like how we can hear, like, like FM radio through through the radio transfer in Antarctica. Mm, well, we're, we're just, it's... Digital radio these uh, days. Digital radio. <laughs> yes. Digital radio. Everyone should buy one. Now, uh, it's fascinating. I'm, I've got a shiver down my spine. That could be the Antarctic cold, or it could be because of these amazing discoveries. Actually, I just spit water down your back. <sighs> I pray kill him. I wonder if we'll hear anything else unusual and extraordinary from our radio tonight. I wonder. Mm. I guess mm. we'll have to. I wonder. We'll have to, I wonder too. We'll have to wait. I'm not wondering. To, uh, we'll have can to, you wonder? Are you incapable of wonder? Are you so jaded? I broke you my mirror. Hipster, you. <laughs> okay, so we're yeah we're all right. Yes, I wonder if we'll hear anything else amazing today. This is Robert O'Reilly, and I hate the role-playing hour. I wish their B.O. and inconsistent hygiene would be banished from this world and into the halls of Stomacar. Oh, go suck the big one. This is Patricia Quinn. And I hate role-playing R because I was nice and I asked for nothing. And those bastards gave me nothing in abundance. Still so cold. Well, we waited till the next morning. I wonder if we should check on those guys again. Mm. See, if they're, see how they're doing. All right, let's radio in see if they found anything interesting about those weird fossils and if we can learn anything interesting about our uh, strange expe- expedition here. Hello? Hello? Lacey Bumthorpe, Sweetenham. I'm not getting anything. Oh, digital radio works well, though. That's strange. Maybe I should try. Huh? Maybe I get, I'll try it. Maybe I'll try a different station. Oh, hey, I'm picking up... I'm picking up... Oh, I think I can, I'm, I've nearly got Radio Adelaide. I'm tuning in. Hey, we'd be just in time to listen to an interview I did with two Klingons, Robert O'Reilly and uh, J.G. Hertzler, who are appearing at Oz Comic Con tomorrow, this very weekend. Oh, you've got to listen to this one. All right, we'll, we'll tune into Radio Adelaide and see if we can hear it. It's going to be down here somewhere. Knock-knock. I am here with Robert O'Reilly and J.G. Hertzler, who are in Adelaide for Oz Comic-Con because they're very famous for playing Klingons on Star Trek, Gowron and uh, Martok, respectively. So again, sirs, knock-knock, thank you for coming to Adelaide. Knock-knock. Was that a mayonnaise? I, I, I don't know what you refer to. I'm, I'm a fairly famous British actor. I'm over here uh, for the festival, the Adelaide Festival. I'm in the Fringe. It's a one-man show. It's complete silence for two hours. But I believe it's a very real big audience pleaser. Oh, no, it is. It is. Yes. It is. He, he actually finds some lint in his belly button 
and um, throws it out to the audience. If there is an audience, yeah. which infrequently there is not an audience. It's an hour and a half. Right? But uh, I, I find it very enjoyable here, here in uh, this is a, well, the beautiful town of um, it's um, as, um, uh, Adelaide. Yes, yes. So, Adrian, uh, how can we help you? I'd just like to prove that I am actually a big Star Trek fan by showing you my 1990s edition Gowron action figure. There you are, sir, immortalized in plastic. Yeah, I don't have a base for him, so he's got Wesley Crusher's base. I apologize for that. But, uh, <laughs> but there you are, sir. Is it, does it bring back memories seeing yourself again immortalized in plastic? Yes, yes, just another toy made uh, of Gowron. And uh, sorry, Wesley Crusher. Uh, I'm crushing a Wesley. Anyway, uh, it's good to have 82 toys made for me and um, um, plates and, um, and, and coffee, actually. I've got some Ractagino coffee. I always forget that name. And look, see, I have a ponytail. Or is. He, exactly. This is shiny, this toy. And, and, and I've got all my teeth in this one. Don't have all my teeth anymore, but. Uh, those were the days, my friend. What can I say? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, when we had all our teeth, you know, they were good. <laughs> yes, we're long in the tooth, as they say. We're, we're a little short on the tooth, actually, <laughs> to be frank on with you. But um, that, um, that uh, is a very cute little uh, thing you have there, Galvan. It's very small. See, my, the Martok action figure, which has 22 points of articulation, uh, is uh, quite, a, quite a bit larger, yes, in uh, all manner. Uh, and uh, it's very interesting to me that, of course, there are several, those predated me by several years. Yes. You have all your teeth. Uh, no, <laughs> I can't say as I do. Uh, would would that I would that I did? I would have had a steak this morning, but um, you know, no. I'll just another order of mush would do. That was uh, that was uh, John Paladin in the background offering his uh, fourteen cents because you know things are very expensive here in uh, in Adelaide. Ten cents anymore? No, it's two two cents is. You can't find ten cents. Two cents doesn't go anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Here, Ed. here you are, Adrian. I'll give this back to you. Although it's a lovely little recording device you have there. Is that, is that Romulan? Oh. I also have a, a Whoopi Goldberg action figure, which is very useful when I just want to reenact well, that's Sister great. Act Whoopi in my room. Very good. Yeah. I'll make a trade. No. It's a very sort of obstetric word, is it? You have her name. Guy. It's awesome. You know, I think you think about it. Guy. Guy. Yes. What are you? I'm an OBGY guy. In Australia, the, the famous Klingon phrase, uh, I mean, it's a good day to die. In Australia, people are just saying that all the time. They're like, yeah, it's a good day to die. Yeah. It's a good day yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a good day tomorrow. A good day today. So in Australia, the Klingons just sound much more polite, much more well-to-do. They're very, very nice people, I think. When you're, when you're swimming and, and uh, the white shark appears, it's, uh, yeah, it's a good day to die. Yes, it's good. Well, you're such a large... Well, I did have that in mind, actually. It's J.J. Herzl. Some call me Galron. Some call me Ishmael. Now, um, there were many Klingons over the course of Star Trek history, and um, a lot of them faded into the background. Both of you didn't. Both of you stood out. <laughs> what's the key? What's the key? Always had great expectations for that. Well, things just didn't. But what's the key? Do you think for standing out as a Klingon? Because it must be difficult to act under layers of uh, makeup and prosthetics. How does one stand out as a Klingon? 
be loud and stupid. And um, don't trip over the furniture, only trip over the walls. And, and uh, then you have a chance. And here's J.G. Hertz's opinion. We don't want his opinion, but he'll give it anyway. Yeah, uh, you see, I studied for years, years in Shakespeare, somewhat of a Shakespearean scholar, no, please, no applause. And um, I, I think it's the Shakespeare that makes us very special, because both Bob and I, as opposed to most of the British actors, they, you know, they're not really as, as steeped in the bard as we American actors are. And um, so our Shakespeare has given us a sort of a, a hand up, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying, Adrian? Adrian, there, there's a character, Adrian, I believe, in one of the Shakespeare's plays. I can't think. It's in, uh, it's in The Tempest, the character of Adrian. Did you know that? See, this is what I'm saying about you British types. You, uh, you, you Australian. You, 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 the, the, you have the British heritage. What's your last name, Adrian? Uh, oh, it's a secret. It's a secret to all you people out there in Radioland. It's just Adrian to you, like the famous, des like the famous designer. There's a famous designer, Adrian, too. Do you know him? No, you, you don't really know that much, do you, Adrian? No, no, but it's actually all clear. You see, the Bob is actually, he's still... The, the Bob? The Bob. Oh, he's, I've studied the Bob for years. <laughs> Simply years. Here, Adrian, here, take this back. Uh, the inevitable question, so we'll get out of the way quickly, is um, uh, obviously how much of the Klingon language did you have to learn and how much do you retain these days? Well, I, yeah, yes, well it, it took me years and years to learn learn the Klingon language, and, and now I don't know anything. So there's my answer. But we can sing the Klingon warrior's anthem for you. Well, why not? We'll, we'll, we'll do it. You'll do background. We'll, we'll, go, we'll make it, uh, make it an upbeat version. Oh, if you could beatbox, that'd be excellent. Oh, that would be good. That, okay, you start the beatbox. In fact, if you want to beatbox, we'll do the uh, hip-hop well, version. We'll do the hip-hop version. Yeah. yeah. Well, you need the, you need the, wait a minute, you need this to do that. Oh, no, you guys, well, well, we have we'll to put, it, we'll put it in the middle. Together. We'll all our heads together. Everybody, that's what is the matter. matter. The rate is the action. The invades are getting bad. It's the cling on, baby. The cling on. Ain't no cling on, baby. Where the cling on? Now, Enterprise are running, and no episodes are shooting. Ain't no ridge on the bridge, so they started out losing. Trapped without Klingons. What could they be thinking? Why without blood, it ain't even worth the drinking. If that's a problem, yo, we'll resolve it. You kill them all first. That's the only way to solve it. Cling on, baby. The cling on. Where the cling on, baby. Where the cling on. Claws on the boots. We always be in fashion. They go crazy when they see the passion and a bat left. Gotta see a little slaughter. We are the sons. Now don't forget the daughters. Bring on the Klingons. No other need to hear. Galron Ma, talk the middle of fear. Lush to babe to call and brother Wolf. Honor and glory, yo, stick your better malls. If there's a problem, yo, we'll resolve it. You kill them all first. That's the only way to solve it. Klingon, baby. The Klingons. Ain't no Klingon, baby. Where the Klingons? We out. Yeah. Wow, I, I do apologize to any musicians out there for my terrible beatboxing skills, but that was amazing. Did I see a photo of one of you with a, a batleth shaped guitar? Does someone have a batleth shaped guitar? JG, but but yeah, but we both, but but uh, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the, uh, yeah. that's the Garage Brothers from another planet. We wrote uh, uh, back on Cronus. We wrote several songs, hit rock and roll tunes that eventually came to this country. They became known here, this earth. They became known here as. Uh, um, all the day and all the night, I believe, some strange group called the Kinks did it here. And then we wrote another one called, we called it Johnny Be Good. Chuck Berry, of course, stole it from us. I was talking about John Hertzler, yes. Johnny Be Good. Oh, yes, it was all about me. Because I was, I'm a, I'm a bad 
boy. But uh, really, no, we've, we've, we, the Garage Brothers from another planet do several tunes, such as the old rock and roller you hear here in this, in this, uh, on this planet. And we have a, a, a singer. We added a girl singer, Nicole Padberg, Nikki, we call her. Yeah, so uh, in Hope McCartney had to play the left-handed guitar. Well, you did. Well, yes. That's another story. Bob can play both. With, with, he's amazing. He can play with both his feet. He's Amber Fetris. Um, anyway, here, here you are again. But it's the Garage Brothers for Another Planet. Really, look for the albums in your, um, in your local record store. Yeah. With your pop. Yeah. Uh, Mr. JG, I, I believe in your audition you got the part by demonstrating some traditional Klingon enthusiasm. Is that true? Well, I got a little excited, and I threw a chair into a wall. It stuck, ripped my thumbnail off, bled on the carpet, and walked out uh, uh, with, a, with a plum, yeah. you know. And uh, evidently, I, I took their last plum, and uh, that was they why I got the role. They wanted so the they plum back. That's right. I had a similar audition for getting onto um, uh, Cops. It, well, it was more of a domestic disturbance than an audition, but it was, it was, it was similar. Yeah. I'll, they threw me against the car, you know, they had the thing behind my back. It was, uh, I, I, I thought it was my best performance yet, really. And, and that got you onto the show as a regular? Well, I, I, yeah, I did. I mean, I was, I was trying to yell out, the quality of mercy is not strained, it drippeth from heaven as, you know, but it... Gentle rain from heaven. Then they put their knee in my face and... It, yes, that's, you know, you know that uh, Shakespeare's stole much of his writing from do you know Shakespeare do you know anything about Shakespeare the, the man is I've heard the name I'm not he disappeared for 11 years 11 hidden years in his life you know from oh, uh, 15 something or other to a sudden appearance in New, in New York in London in 1593 11 years he disappeared he was abducted where did he spend that time he was abducted uh, aboard a Klingon ship very few people know this we have to spread the word um, but the fact that you can uh, quote Shakespeare, you're actually quoting the ancient Klingon poet Kemerex, the fourth of the third century. Yes, and it's, uh, he stole everything. Well, Just give us a few lines, J.G. Well, you know the line, uh, to be or not to be, that's the question, whether it's noble in the mind, blah, 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 Shakespeare's BS, you know. And it, what we, uh, the actual Klingon was to stab or not to stab. That is not even, even a question. question. Very it's famous play, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So. Well, give us one more. Give, 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 give us one more. Ferengis, Romulans, lend me your ears. Stolen and taken away to, to represent, you know, the Mark Antony's line and... Julius Caesar, whoever that was. JG, I understand you were a linebacker in college, which is tougher, a linebacker or a Klingon. And then uh, for Robert, do you feel tougher in regular life having played a Klingon? Well, I don't know about that. I brought up three boys. That was pretty tough. <laughs> I better, yes, I, I did have to tackle them a few times so they didn't get run over by a car. Uh, well, yes, you keep them alive. You know, that's what I always say. <laughs> Yes. Uh, um, well, I grew up in New York City, so that was tough enough. Stickball. He never used the stick of a ball. It was on his... Uh, I mean, the fellow, neighbors. Fellow players and neighbors. <laughs> stick neighbor, he called it. Yeah. Uh, any, any great Star Trek memories you would like to share? Any that stand out? No. <laughs> it was an entirely negative experience. Yeah. No, no, no. It, it, it was an enjoyable experience, but, uh, uh, you know, having the makeup and the... 
the heat. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm not doing it anymore. We have a makeup artist with us, uh, John Paladin, who's brilliant. And in, in the TV show, it was four hours to get in makeup. And, and John gets us in makeup in about an hour and a half. And he's brilliant. So, so come and see us. And if you hear this, and uh, we're going to be Klingons. So you'll be in costume at the event, is that true? We will be. We will be. As a, as a matter of fact, well, uh, I'm in it right now, and um, uh, well, but I'm in my underwear, so you can't see yes, that. Our yeah. interview is only from the desk up. We have completely nude from below the below well, the you're waist. Nude. I've got my underwear. On. Oh, well, I thought, I'm not sure which is better. Much more domesticated <laughs> than you are, right? I'm a bit worried because it will be. Very, it's been very hot in Adelaide lately. It might be very hot for you guys tomorrow, wandering around in makeup all day. Well, oh, there's no incident. Nice, of course, if you don't wear any, any pants or anything, it's fine. I mean, a lot. You lose a lot of heat from your thighs and you know the nether regions. <laughs> I think that's a good reason for going to Comic Con right there, though. You could uh, potentially see a Klingon in the flesh, so to speak. So to speak. Well done. <laughs> I want to thank you both for speaking to me, and I think everyone should come down to Comic-Con tomorrow to see you both. So I'd just like to say, kapla. 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 Kaploi. Reach the Damn it, if we were not stuck in the Arctic out here, we could go to Comic-Con tomorrow. I mean... Maybe we could we could get our team back and they could tell us that it's home time and we mm. could go home and fly back in time mm. for Comic Con tomorrow. In time, just in time. Comic Con at the Wayville Showgrounds tomorrow where there's Klingons and things like that happening. If somebody still had their stupid powers, they'd be able to help us right yeah. now. That is not my fault. They were thrown into a black hole by Senzor. I guess I keep trying to adjust the radio and see if we get anything useful. This is Patricia Quinn, and I hate role-playing ours so much that I'm taking this house and going back to the planet transsexual in the galaxy of Transylvania. Come on, Riff. Shift it. This is J.G. Hertzler. I hate the role-playing hours so much that, ah, a true Klingon doesn't speak. He acts. Pass me a batleth. Get a batleth in my hands now. Yes, Johnny. Oh, thank you very much. Um, oh, that's a large batleth you have there. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, well, at least if we're trapped in Antarctica, we don't have to do that boring thing every week because we have that judgmental moose head looking at us in the studio telling us that we have to tell everyone to subscribe to Radio Adelaide because it's a community station supported by listeners, blah, 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 and that it only costs $52 a year or $26 concession, and that if they subscribe this month, they go into the draw to win five season passes to the 2013 Adelaide Roller Derby all-girl flat track season, valued at $600. <sighs> so glad we don't have to tell them that and that to subscribe. They just have to dial 8313-5000 during business hours or Google Radio Adelaide to find the website so that they can subscribe. <sighs> yeah, that moosehead is just judging nobody right now. Nobody in the studio. If you need a stand-in, I'm, I'm more than happy to fill in. Oh, just be judgmental to me? Judgmental Jim. Huh, that could work. DM, you're fat, lovely. <laughs> I am! Okay, now uh, let's see if we can get them on the horn. Guys, still nothing. That's mysterious. What happened to our friends at that mysterious place? I'm sure they're fine. Maybe I'll try again. Hey, if I, if I, 
if we catch more of Radio Adelaide now, they might play an interview that I did for Oz Comic Con tomorrow. You're doing a lot of interviews that you did. With Patricia Quinn, who's famous for playing Magenta from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, let's see if we can tune in and hear that. Digital Radio reaches all the way to the Antarctic. Uh, hello, and I'm lucky to be speaking to Patricia Quinn, and you're lucky, she's lucky, I'm lucky, we're all lucky. Hello, Ms. Patricia. Lucky? Yes, you're lucky. Now, uh, I'm, um, I'm not exactly a Rocky Horror virgin. I mean, I have, I have experimented with Rocky Horror, but I haven't quite gone all the way. Um, do you have any advice for people who are looking to uh, initiate themselves and be initiated into the Rocky Horror experience? I don't know how you do that. I'm sorry, I was only in the film. I don't know how you, the process of joining the club. Yes, it, well, uh, there, are many, there are many dedicated fans out there. Now, uh, I think at this, at this convention you'll be seeing a few different groups of fans. There'll be, um, there'll be the Rocky Horror fans, which I, uh, I understand they're very interesting, they're creative, they're uh, sexually adventurous, they're free-spirited. So that'd be one group of people that you're seeing. And then there might be another group, which I might belong to, who heard, oh, Patricia Quinn's coming, and then immediately went and got down their uh, 1987 Doctor Who serial Dragonfire DVD and watched that again, because it's like, oh, Patricia Quinn was obviously, she was in Doctor Who, so you must have a lot of different fans from all the different work you've done over the years. Well, yes, I do have the Doctor Who fans. I did Doctor Who with Sylvester McCoy, and every actress in her career, they have to do a Doctor Who at some point. But mine was Dragonfire. And I was at Atlanta, Georgia, and Sylvester was there. So we actually, I ended up doing a massive question-answer Doctor Who. And they said, um, shall we show, Pat, shall we show, you know, all the episodes of Dragonfire? There's three episodes. And I said, oh, do you have to? Um, and the, <laughs> Sorry. Because, um, you know, I haven't seen that for a long time, but it's a funny old dragon in it. Anyway, um, so I said, well, maybe one or two of them, I don't know. And Sylvester said, she's only saying that because she dies after the second one. I said, no, that's not the reason. I don't want to bore anyone to death. <laughs> Sorry. You, yeah, you are rather tragically um, assaulted by an ice creature of some kind. He burns your face, I don't know. But So basically, when people hear this radio interview, uh, the Rocky Horror fans will be picturing you, obviously, in a, in a, in a maid's out, outfit, and the Doctor Who fans will be picturing you in a white pith helmet, or pickle grabber, or whatever it was. So, uh, people at home, I guess, whatever you want. Is there anything you'd prefer to be pictured in during the radio interview? Um, Godzilla costume, or... A what? Like a Godzilla costume, or... Then maybe Faye Ray. Faye Ray. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there, there, is a, there is actually always at these conventions here there's a guy who's always dressing up as Sylvester McCoy so if you happen to have the white pith helmet lying around with you you know I'm sure he'd be very excited oh no I actually was at a, the Edinburgh Festival where I was there because someone had written a play called Patricia Quinn Saved My Life which was uh, quite something there were three Patricia Quinns in that. Patricia Quinn, the Playboy Bunny, Patricia Quinn, Lady Stevens, and Patricia Quinn as Magenta. And because she wanted to write a sort of Greek chorus thing. So um, Marty, this guy Marty was there to see it, and we all went for drinks afterwards, and he's kind of the head of the fan convention things for Rocky. And at this, um, when we went for drinks, he told me that he actually owned my Doctor Who costume. I thought, what? 
because it really, I was so upset that that was my costume and Doctor Who, because I thought I was going to play, you know, the evil one and look a bit like, I don't know, something gorgeous. And I did end up in a pith helmet and like a policeman in a white suit. I was really distressed about that. And uh, he, somebody bought it, and it was Marty. And I said, have you got the helmet? Which was ghastly. And he said, no, I didn't get that. And then I went to a Rocky convention, and there it was in a glass box, you know, on display. I was amazed. It must be very strange, things like that. I mean, something that you wore X number of years ago, and here it is. People, I don't know, it's like a museum piece, something hallowed relic from a saint or <laughs> something like that. It must be very odd. Yeah, it is, especially if it's that costume. I wouldn't mind Magenta's, uh, you know, party frock being in there, that little wisp of chiffon. But no, not that. Thank you. Uh, I think the Doctor Who's would be very good at doing the time warp, so you can try to get them in, um, in on the action, maybe. Uh, and your, your lips were immortalised, of course, at the start of Rocky Horror. Those are your lips during the opening credits, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. My, my lips were also uh, immortalized, but it was more that the, uh, it was like, well, the police took an imprint. I, uh, you know, I had to, it was like fingerprinting because I'd been kissing bicycle seats. I mean, they caught me in the end, but so my lips have also been immortalized, so I, I sympathize with a fellow immortal lip yeah. person. Um, it, when you're at the Rocky Horror Conventions, you must, be get, you must get chased around by men wearing, you know, revealing knickers and women dressed as maids showing a lot of skin. It must just be horrible. How do you cope? Are you trying to make out the men are the same as the maids? Oh, the men are wearing, you know, they'll be wearing the Frankenfurter revealing outfits and chasing you around, and the women will be wearing the maids and outfits they'll be chasing you around. I don't know how you would cope with, you know, all these scantily clad fans all the time. Must be horrible. No, it's not. And anyway, the point is that when I met my first male magenta in, uh, at the Waverley Cinema in Greenwich Village, I was slightly taken aback, but now... I went back home to Belfast, where I come from originally, and I went uh, to open the Belfast Film Festival. So it was wonderful. It was like 36 years later, fame at last in my hometown. And then I went down to the um, black box where we did the showing of the film, and uh, lots of Belfast fellows, big guys with Belfast accents, were dressed as the usherette from the actual show. And um, then I did a photo shoot for the Belfast Hello magazine, and there were all these amazing um, magenta maids. They were all Belfast fellas too. So things have really changed there. <laughs> I saw a new, new face to Northern Ireland. It's brilliant. A bit more progressive now. It's good to hear. Um, I just realised that with Doctor Who and Rocky, that's, that's a bit of a sci-fi double feature right there. Ooh. Mm. How many times at a convention, on average, do you have people coming up to you and saying, uh, touch, 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 touch me, I want to feel dirty? Like seven times, 20 times? What's the average number? I, you've got such a vivid imagination. I love you. Nobody's ever said that to me. And actually, gonna... I was talking about this the other day because I was at the, the, the original stage show and the show was being written as we, day by day. I mean, there was just a matter of lines and a few songs. So each day, stuff was coming in. And Touch a Touch a Touch Me came in and Julie Covington was playing Janet then. She was the first Evita. And uh, she made the recording of um, that show. She didn't actually play it. But she did sell the first record, the major record first. And um, anyway, so Julie said, uh, I'm not singing this. And they said, why, what's the matter? She said, I think it's shocking, this song. I don't wish to sing it. I don't like it. 
but she had to, I'm afraid. And then the last song brought in, because it was, was still too short, the show, was Eddie's Teddy. And I thought, oh, no, we don't have to learn another song, you know, before we opened. I've never liked that song. Well, I was going to ask if there was an extra charge, perhaps, for that. For <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to ask um, uh, some questions about the history of transsexual Transylvania. Now, historically, for many centuries, transsexual Transylvania was a part of the great Hungarian Empire. But after the Treaty of Trianon that concluded World War I, transsexual Transylvania was granted to the state of Romania. Would you like to see transsexual Transylvania returned to the Hungarian people? Because even now, many native transsexual Transylvanians still speak transsexual Hungarian and follow traditional transsexual Hungarian folk practices. Good Lord. Well, I know a few goths who were dying to go back there and do a whole rocky horror from the castle, you know. But there are Romanians there. You are right. Yes. Mm. Uh, well, uh, uh, actually, because the house disappears at the end, and then a few years later you're in Doctor Who, maybe that's, maybe that, we don't know where Riff Raff is by that point, but he, you, the house at the end of Rocky Horror goes into space, and then there you are, trapped in Dragonfire in Doctor Who. Maybe it's maybe there's some fan fiction there that could link the two together into one story. Magenta's journey into do the Doctor Who universe. I don't know. <laughs> you were saying before that. Um, Can I answer that? I'm sorry. I think that's brilliant. Could you write it? I'll give it. Uh, I'll give it a go. <laughs> Great. Let's do that. Yeah, we could connect all these things together. Um, you were saying before that people are often asking you to sing the songs from Rocky Horror. I think they, pro they probably shouldn't be doing that because the music companies, I think if you do more than two seconds, you can probably get sued. So you could do like a two-second sing-along of Time Warp. You could do like, let's do, and that's probably all you're allowed to do before, you know, whatever company owns the rights will sue you. So could we do a two-second sing-along of Time Warp, let's do? Is that possible? Let's do no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, even that. Yeah, yeah, I will, I will, right. I will. So on three, I guess. But I wanted to do it so dreamy. Uh, right, but I will do. Let's do. Let's count it in. Count it in. Right. Let's, let's do, do the. Uh. That's what we're allowed to do. We're not getting sued. Don't worry. Whoever owns the rights, we're okay. We're safe. Good. That's that's a rock hour people can get. Have you ever considered creating? Um, I mean, following. Frankenfurter's plans yourself in creating some sort of man-creature in your own home. Sorry? Uh, in Rocky Horror, Frankenfurter creates a muscly man-creature in his lab. Have you ever been tempted to try to, you know, follow up his research, perhaps cr do create a man-creature in your own home? Has, have you ever been tempted? No, I'm making boy toys. Ah, right, yes. Probably more s simple, because, you know, a boy has fewer parts, fewer movable pieces. Yeah, I'm not mad about muscles. Um, and That's Janet's line. <laughs> I asked some people on Facebook what they wanted to ask. One of them she liked muscles, right? Oh, she did. Yeah. Uh, he said that a, a fan on Facebook said a lot of people apparently got new... You weren't in, that, in the pool, but apparently a lot of people in the pool got pneumonia in the pool, swimming in the pool in the unheated um, uh, winter. So, uh, uh, and they wanted to ask what your best and worst memories of the filming were, besides Tim Curry's legs. I imagine Tim Curry's legs are both the best and the worst, but besides those. Best and worst memories. Oh, well, um, when I arrived in my spacesuit, it was my turn at last. I had some lines by then, and it was great. So I arrived in my spacesuit with Richard, and uh, that smoke they were pumping out, it wasn't dry ice then, it was like oil. And it was like, ugh, you know. So anyway, so at last, you know, 
I'm not looking around anymore as that made. And uh, so I said um, to Mr. Jim Sharman, the director, I said, I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. Sharman. And Tim Curry shouted out, you can't do that. I'm doing her. I thought, what? I thought, oh. I said, not, nah, not anymore. I'm Gloria Swanson now, Tim. I think people should come down to Comic-Con and see what's on the slab, and they can speak to the lovely Patricia themselves. Thank you very much, Miss Patricia. Thank you. You've been a gas. Reach the Well, I guess people know to go to Comic-Con tomorrow at the Wavell Showgrounds. Doors open at 9. They could have already bought their tickets online. It's going to be Saturday and Sunday. I guess they know that, but here we are. We don't even know if we can go home. Maybe we're just going to have to go to the forward base and ask them ourselves. Right. One more try. No, I'm not getting any reply. Just silence. The cold silence of winter. We'll have to go there and see what's happened. How, how, how far away is it? Uh, I don't know, 300 day walk. All right, let's do it. This is Robert O'Reilly, and I think the role-playing hour are a bunch of filthy pataks. This is J.G. Hertzler. I hate the role-playing hour. I hate it so much that I sent an entire fleet of Vorture-class heavy cruisers to blow them out of the sky. And I am your son. <laughs> Go on. Oh my god, look at this forward research camp. Mm. All the dogs are dead. Mm. All the people are dead. Oh my. Eviscerated. Oh. Their innards taken out. Insulted. Oh. And a few of those creatures that they found have been buried in strange graves with mm. star-shaped markers in the snow. Oh, star-shaped markers. And there seem to be tracks leading off towards those mountains, those towering mountains of madness. Mm. But they're full of caves. Should we go in? Uh, it's a bit cold out here. Yeah, all right, we'll go in. Oh, I wow. Can't see I can danger. take them or leave them. It's dark in you here, You can't die, it? so what are you talking Someone about? I've got a torch or a uh, glowworm of it, some kind. I've got a silkworms. I have a <laughs> torch on my phone. All right, let's look around. Stick it inside me, and I will effervesce oh, the yeah, light. We, wow, these the caves cave. are like a giant city. Look, they lead onward and everywhere and up into the mountain and down into the glaciers. It's like a whole civilization. Strange time. <gasps> look at these weird... These aren't fossils in the walls. Some kind of art. And I seem to understand what the symbols mean, almost like there's some proto-language here. Mm. It seems to speak of great... Creatures from the stars with starfish-shaped heads that seem to come to this planet. I think DM's lost it. <laughs> Look at that one there. It shows them creating life for their own amusement. Oh, my. Look at that one there. It shows a terrible mole that's going to claim someone's life because it's already metastasized. Oh, that's just Clutterbuck's back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Right, floating fart, you're older than all humanity. Do you know what's going on here? No, he's 10,000 years old. Oh. Under 10,000. So he's young. He's, he's a spring he's, chicken. That's he's right. Young. I am a mere child. I have not even finished our equivalent of high school. Get over here. You're a glowing puff of light. I can actually read some of this stuff with you. Oh, yes. glowing puff of light. Let's, let's go f further into the tunnels. Wonderful. I always hoped when I was a tiny cloud that I would grow leave up my, to leave be my, a Leave my ducks alone. There are penguins in here. It's weird. <laughs> Blind penguins. Mm. Well, what have they got to look at, really? Did you hear that? But I'm afraid it's a wind going through the tunnels. Mm. Really? It sounds it's like very dark in here. <gasps> Look, there they are, creating life. 
Oh my. And building this city back when all the continents were joined. And look, here is some sort of decline. The continent splitting up. Some of their other cities being destroyed. Some great war. <gasps> you can see them hunting the dinosaurs. That must be some of the strange marks they saw in the fossils. Mm, that was millions of years ago. And look, here they are creating some sort of plasmoid life form. A jelly that can mimic organs and mimic sound and appear as other organisms. They seem to be slaves of the starfish-headed people. Very odd. Mm, very odd. Let's go deeper. I like mm. going deeper. You know a lot about slavery. Yeah. yeah I got a dip devil. Where's Steve from Bleep? He used to sell slaves. Yeah. He could tell Tom. us a lot about that. What happened to those guys? I think they died. Yeah, I think they committed suicide. Yeah. Because they so depressed after Bleep got cancelled. Yeah. Ah! What can you do? Life goes on. Serve some rights. Get with the times, didn't losers. Didn't Steve turn Tom into a babushka doll? I think he did, yes. Uh. Well, stitching, and he, he stitched him up with a football string. Oh. <laughs> and then he, he put dead babies inside him. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And he said the, it was a babushka doll. The usual, yeah. That's what Everyone it needs really. <laughs> but, oh, and look at these ones here. They're talking, the Great War seems to... Oh, and the, as the... As the glacier comes in, all the starfish-headed people are retreating to the a deeper layer of the earth where they live in some sort of giant... Ab- Whoa! Look at this giant abyss here in the darkness! I nearly fell in! Wow. Wow. You can feel warmth coming up from the earth's core. Maybe they live there in some sort of marine environment. Oh. The penguins have ran, run away. I wonder where that is. They, they look scared. Yeah. Mm. Seems like a perfect time to stand here and wait for something to happen. Wait, look, really the, stand. the art there is damaged. Float. And it seems to be replaced by p- more primitive art forms. Almost as if in crude mimicry. Mm. Jim, do you know what the hell's going on? I have no idea. But look at the last intact ones. They seem to point towards some slave revolt. Slave revolt of the humans? Some plasmoid life form. <gasps> it's very strange here. I'm very confused. What happened to our Ford crew? I don't know. Oh, they all died, right. remember? Yeah. We saw them outside. But, like, how did they die? Oh, well, they got cut open, some of them, and their uh, organs got taken out, and they got filled with salt. So, mm. we can make babushka dolls out of them. <gasps> we could. Where's Steve? We got to, oh, he committed suicide. He's, he's a babushka mm. doll. After, yeah. after. That's how we all end up. At the end of the day, we're all babushka dolls. Yes. <laughs> we should just really admit that uh, existential truth and move on with our lives, really. On, on the plus side, if, if, if the meat has been salted, it. It could potentially sustain us should the need yeah. arise. And then we'll kill Yes, Jim. that's true. <gasps> Hang on, look at some of the very... Look at, look at the crudest artwork over here. It seems to speak of some great plan. Some great plan to dominate the Earth, that they would send a few of their own life forms. They've woken up after millions of years, explored, and seen that humans have covered the Earth. Mm. So the plasmoids, who had by now destroyed the starfish-headed people... They created plasmic doppelgangers to look like humans. The plasmic doppelgangers wouldn't even know they were clones. They wouldn't even know their memories were only implanted. They wouldn't even know they were just mere simulacrums. Pop stars. It says here that they were going to call them the destroyers because they were going to destroy humanity from the inside and then themselves be destroyed. It says... Lizard people. It says that their names, their code names are going to be Jim Clutterbuck, the Fart Cloud, and the DM. But no, our memories are real, aren't they? I like it how it's been there for millions of years and it says the Fart Cloud. What do we I have? don't even have organs. This is fresh art. 
This is no. I don't even have plasma. These are things man was not meant to know. I am a fart cloud. What are I these am not a fart cloud. We're okay. We're okay. What Everyone is just going calm on? Down. Fart cloud, just calm down. We could just have to run back to Comic Con tomorrow and hope that we can regain our sanity or forget this. Oh my god! Wave of showguns. <laughs> oh, and just before we go completely mad, let's listen to the Klingon beatbox again. Everybody asks us what is the matter. The reason the action he makes against that is the Klingon, baby. The Klingons. Ain't no Klingon, baby, where the Klingons. Now, Enterprise is running and no episodes are shooting. Ain't no ridge on the bridge, so they started out losing. Trapped without Klingons. What could they be thinking? Why without blood, it ain't even worth a drinking. If that's a problem, yo, we'll resolve it. You kill them all first. That's the only way to solve it. It's Klingon, baby. The Klingons. Where the Klingon, baby, where the Klingons. Claws on the boots, we always be in fashion. They go crazy when they see the passion and a bat left. Gotta see a little slaughter. We are the sons. Now don't forget the daughters. Bring on the Klingons, no other need here. Galron Ma, talk the middle of fear. Lush, babe, to call and brother Wolf. Honor and glory, yo, stick your better morphs. If there's a problem, yo, we'll resolve it. You kill them all first. That's the only way to solve it. It's Klingon, baby. The Klingons. Ain't no Klingon, baby, where the Klingons. We out.